Hello everyone. No, you're not dreaming. I am hosting this podcast again. Um, Ed, Ed uh, has become our official host and he's better than I am. And uh, it's very comfortable not hosting. I'm very uncomfortable, to be honest with you, hosting. It's not, I, I'd rather rant and talk than like know what's happening and, and guide the conversation, which is not natural for me. Uh, but you're stuck with me today. Fortunately, we have two really good uh, participants in this podcast to save me. The unavoidable un, uh, Matthew Gooding. Hello, Matt. Hello, Hikiyam. How are you doing? Doing okay, thank you. And where in the world is Jose uh, uh, Espinosa today? <laughs> um, yeah, reporting live from Missouri. Um, I'm, I am so happy to be here. It feels like it's been ages since I watched you last. It has, it has. And it feels a little bit like, you know, that's the, the old PSG talking team here. We've been, we're the veterans. <laughs> so with all the newcomers, um, you, you, our followers yeah. see new faces and hear new voices here and there. And then those people, you know, go away and come back. It's very open. But for those of us, of you, sorry, who've been following us for all these years, uh, you know, we are like the old veteran team. So we know better. Yeah. What we're this saying is, is more thing. important and uh, <laughs> truer and clev cleverer than, than the rest, right? It's like having uh, Motta, Verratti and Matuidi back in harness once more. But I'll leave you, I'll leave you to uh, decide which one's which. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> All right. Uh, heavy, heavy agenda today, guys. Lots and lots and lots of things to talk about. Even if it's rare, we have nothing to talk about when it comes to Paris Saint-Germain. There's always something to talk about. Anyway, um, we... I think the, we discussed that before I started hitting the record button, but um, the PSGOM game was covered. Since that, there was the fourth, fifth, and sixth round of Ligue 1, which we were talking about earlier, um, is mildly interesting so far this year. There's something about Ligue 1 this year, like, who knows? The teams uh, got used to Paris Saint-Germain, like they know what they have to do. Doesn't mean that they're going to do it, but the fear, the sheer fear has disappeared. They know on a bad day, they can't give us trouble. There's, they're not terrorized anymore. And then, you know, if Paris Saint-Germain is in a good day, like against Angers or against Nice even, um, they're like, okay, it is what it is, but at least we're trying, we're trying our thing. So let's start with um, uh, Nice, Paris Saint-Germain, which was the fourth round of Ligue 1. Don't ask me when it was. It's a whole blur now. It's so bizarre. We're all from home, watching, you know, working from home, watching TV from home. Time is like 
this big fog, sticky fog, I don't know. It was some days ago. Um, it's the, for me the first game Paris really played so far this season. Like you could tell that's PSG, that's the team. Paris won relatively easily against a good team. Nice was all right. I'm going to cough, sorry. <coughs> Three no. Uh, Mbappé, Di Maria, Marquinhos. Then we'll cover briefly Grand PSG, 2-0. Um, good to see Cardi score again. And then we'll cover briefly. Uh, have you guys seen all those games? Um, in the, yeah, I have to. And then Angers, uh, Paris Saint-Germain, Angers, 6-1. Okay. Um, let's start with this, Paris Saint-Germain. Any vague memories of that game? Um, I remember that Nice was actually interesting. Um, it was a good test against the first real solid team we met um, so far this season. Um, they have a decent budget. They're properly managed. You can see some talent here. They had interesting possession against us, but they just could not, um, they just couldn't score. They just couldn't go through. Um, and it was a great test for our defense or new defense without Thiago Silva. Kose, uh, let's start with you. Your take on, uh, on, on that game, this Paris Saint-Germain. Absolutely. Um, I had a couple of thoughts on that game. Um, I was really excited to see that game because, like you said, uh, Nice was, uh, you know, they're a great team. Um, I thought that until the penalty, I was going to say, like, until the penalty, I thought they were absolutely fantastic, you know. Um, they, yeah. knew how to, they knew how to play out of the back so cleanly. Yeah. So cleanly. Many times, PSG try to press them, and they still manage to find a way to, to just play out of the back. So, yeah. To them, they they know how to play good football. Crafty, um, crafty. Yeah, I know. I think maybe I'm wrong, but I agree with you that the time is just kind of weird right now. I think Twitter. that they, hit, I think that they hit the post once. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, and then they had another like great opportunity, um, and they, yeah. they didn't score. Yeah. So I was yeah I was impressed with them. Um, I also didn't know Ronnie Lopez played for them, mm -hmm. but there he was. So on loan, yeah. I think from Monaco. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I thought that the that the scoreline um, is one of those scorelines when PSG just, you know, scores at like just specific <coughs> moments. Um, you know, Di Maria scoring right before the break. That's like, um, it makes it so that a game that I think wasn't really, you know, out of Nice's reach, suddenly by minute 66, they were losing 3-0 and it was yeah. like, what happened? Um, and for me, honestly, at that point, what I felt what I wanted to bring out of the game was just individual performances that I thought were really good. Um, so once again, we saw Florenzi back in the team. Um, and I thought, I think he's, you know, he's fantastic. And we're going to, I know we're going to talk about him later, but I'm just going to say that I thought he was great. Um, Marquinhos is just so dangerous um, with that, with that set piece. He always finds a way and he's not even that tall, but like, he's just really, really dangerous. He feels uh, it. He feels it. It's, it's like, he's, he's, his placement is perfect every time. Right? He, <laughs> yeah, gets yeah, it. he gets it. It's, it's weird, huh? Yeah, he's absolutely fantastic. Um, I'm glad um, Backer's starting to gel into this team. And, yeah, I mean, I think the team, the team played, played very well. And to be honest, it's like they didn't give up, they didn't give up that much of the control, mm. but I still they, they like, it was a game where they still were able to, you know, regroup, come back, play again. Try to score. Okay, it didn't work. Let's say Nice play for a little bit. It was a hard game. It was a well-fought game. I think that, you know, 
coming out with a 3-0 win against a good team away like this is, is a good performance overall. Very good, yeah. Matt? Yeah, um, I mean, I broadly agree. I think it's interesting how things can change in football and what, like, the sort of fine line between success and failure because I feel like, like Kersley uh, said, you know, Nice had a lot of chances. They were really sort of uh, very much in the game for a long while. And you just think if one of those had gone in, given the sort of, you know, obviously the Marseille match happened and the Lawrence game before that, um, you know, uh, if we'd gone behind there, what would have happened? Would their team have, you know, and then if we're behind, they might struggle to get an equaliser because we've seen it before where they sometimes start trying a bit too hard and you just think, I don't know, I think that could have been a real slide indoors moment if we'd gone behind there but as it was, you know, a couple of good saves from uh, from Navas a couple of, I think they hit the post and they, like you said, and uh, we went on and in the end it was it was quite comfortable and it really felt like PSG were coming back I think um, in terms of individual performance, I think the obvious thing to say is Mbappe was back in the team and uh, very much instrumental in there all the good stuff we did he's just a, you know what a guy like and what a difference I don't I think even the sort of fear factor he brings to the opposition is 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 worth a worth a fair bit on its own but you know he was obviously you know uh keen to hit the ground running and was really decisive in that game so I think you saw the sort of the different dimension he brings that you know even Neymar you know can't add doesn't have exactly the same qualities that he brings so so yeah really good performance overall and I just think that was the sort of, it felt like that was the first time we saw the real PSG back. I think the first first three games were all a bit dreary, weren't they? And um, it felt like the, the real team was back together. Everybody was starting to get into the groove a bit more. And uh, and obviously, as we've seen, it set us off on a nice, nice little run. So I want to go back to what you mentioned. Um, like if Nice had scored, blah, 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 you know, the game would have... I'm feeling the the team Paris Saint Germain has evolved in maturity in those games. Now let's let's take another example: the game against Bayern Munich. If Paris Saint Germain had scored, but I wasn't feeling it when Paris was playing Bayern. We were trying to score. I wasn't feeling. Bayern was like feeling Paris trying to score, and you know. Through 90 minutes, or 100 minutes of, of a game, um, the game is so physically intense and mentally challenging. You have to like pick your battles. And to me, good teams, like mature teams, experienced teams, they do pick their battles. And when they feel the opponent has quality, it's when mentally they are like all out. And I think that Paris Saint-Germain has learned that. I've, I've seen through the years a team that was a little bit clueless first, you know, like, like they didn't get that, that sense of a game. It was a bit like, oh, okay, we're trying to... Now I feel the team has, has enough experience and there's enough, uh, you know, players who are used to play together. There's a frame there, even if we lost, you know, the captain and, and pillar of the defense. They know, they feel that. And um, even Nice could have scored because they, they hit the post and all. I think we've learned to be at our best in those moments. It doesn't mean that we're not going to get scored up upon, but like in the, in the mechanisms of a game, the way a game can evolve, 
and and like you said in football you you never really know but sometimes you feel it i think the team has really matured and that's how you win trophies yeah i i definitely i i get what you're saying totally and i think as fans we always want to look for the we always want to look for a bigger picture we always want to say oh this you know must have happened because x because there's a bad trend or there's a good trend but actually you know that it feels like even in the marseille game i think i said last time i was on that we created a lot of chances even though it wasn't a good performance and like on another day it could easily have ended one all and it wouldn't have turned into this big crisis and similarly with the with the nice game you have to sort of look at the trajectory don't you like you say guillaume i think it's a hopefully a team that's maturing and when we have our our normal team on the pitch that they're a bit more trustworthy than previous iterations of 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 PSG that we've seen in the last few years. I think that's it, it's showing. And then there's the experience of reaching the, the, the finally, you know, a satisfactory stage in the Champions League. I'm seeing I'm seeing a lot of progress here. Um, okay, uh, any memories of the Reims Paris Saint Germain game? I mean, I do remember that Icardi was looked good, um, off the ball also his movements, um, being a little bit of an anchor. Uh, you know, proposing stuff up front uh, with or without the ball. It's called uh, um, two goals. And I remember Reims was all over the place. Like they were, you know, the physicality, early season. I don't know exactly how they prepared themselves, Reims. But my God, they were like fragmented in sections. They let us do pretty much what we, they were never really a threat. Um, Early on, we were like this against against Mess, against Lance, against OM. Also, you could tell the team was really rusty. I felt Reims was really rusty. Normally, they give us a lot more of a challenge. Yeah. Anything to say about the Reims game? Jose, uh, Matt. I was just I was just gonna re- like I was just gonna repeat basically what you said. Like um, Icardi scored minute nine, I think, and I was like, oh well, there goes the game. Like, yeah, same here. Yeah, you're always just so used to Rem, like, really pushing you to like the final 10 minutes. Uh-huh, like, uh-huh, uh-huh. they will not give you one inch, they will not give you one anything. And yeah, then yeah. suddenly, you're nine minutes into this game, and you already scored, and you just knew. Uh-huh. And they had, I think, like, I feel like they had one chance, um, to level it. I think they did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then after that, I felt like it was pretty much done. And then, then when this, and I think it was actually, I think it was right before the the Icardi goal. Like I think that they had like their chance, and then like in one of the counters, PSG yeah. scored. Um, so I think that you know it was. I expected it to be a harder game, but you know, two zero for a team that wasn't performing to their standard. I I guess it could be worse. Um, other than that, I think it was a pretty unspectacular match. <laughs> it was. Um, it was interesting to start with uh, the season with PSG Mess, which was one of the most exhausting games I've watched in years. I mean, the team gave 160% of what they could give, which wasn't much. I mean, exhausting. Then they lost in Lance, in Lance then lost against OM. And then you can tell that physically, there's homogeneity, like the group, now they look like a group. It's not like that guy is fit, that guy comes back from injury, that guy gained 15 pounds in Argentina during the break. You know, like there's like a group 
getting at the same level physically. And of course it shows on the, on, on the pitch. And then like what I mentioned to Matt and we discussed like that maturity in the game. Paris has learned how to pick its battles again in, in how to behave, how to manage the efforts, the physical efforts, the, the mental edge, all this is showing to me. Early in the season, lots of positive things. Okay, Paris Saint-Germain, Angers, 6-1. Fiorenzi, first, game, first goal in League One. What a goal. Yeah. Whoa, what a goal. Two goals by Neymar, who finally, you know, stopped the drought, like Icardi had uh, previously. A goal by Draxler, and we're going to have to talk about Draxler, guys. A strange goal by Gay. Yay, Gay scored. He was so happy to score it. You could tell. And then Mbappe, who had been trying to score the whole game and, and, and looked frustrated. Uh, one goal by uh, a good goal. It was scary how the defense folded on that um, by Traore at the 53rd, a header. Like, you know, like really, oh, the type of goal you don't like. You don't like to take those goals. So the defense there, the absence of Thiago Silva kind of showed. Um, but, and then, you know, after, after um, Florenzi's goal, I forgot when Neymar scored, but th there was like 50 minutes gone, you know, like for a long time, it was one, no, early in the season still. But you can tell that, you know, the, the, the team is becoming more clinical, which has been the trademark of Paris Saint-Germain. As we had lost that um, early, you know, in the Champions League with that four months break, that, what, that probably what is costed us the victory in the Champions League. Like we were too rusty, too not into the the physicality, the, 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 the level of physicality you acquire after many games, the mental edge you acquire after many games, you are in that process and you can stay there like Bayern could. We couldn't get there. And it took us in League One a few rounds to get that back. So against, against uh, Metz, against Lens, against OM, the team could not be clinical for mental and physical reasons. In the Champions League, we couldn't get clinical. We went through some, you know, against Leipzig. Were we clinical against Leipzig? Okay, it's debatable. But Maybe definitely not against Atalanta, not against, uh, not against Bayern, um, you know. And the game against Dortmund feels like five years ago. So, so we had a big, um, a big drought. Of, of, of that trademark of like when, when, when football up, up front, when they flow, you know, when the, 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 the quarter, quarter up front is like, poof, 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 and you know they're, they're going to score. Now it's back. It's not always going to be back. And there's, when it's not, when, when there's a drought, also that's when the bench needs to step up. And we've rarely seen that. Oh, look at that. Perfect uh, uh, transition to the transfers, our new bench. Just um, before we move on from the uh, from the Andre game, uh, 
I feel like we should mention the Andre manager uh, during the match. I don't know if either of you guys saw this, trying to get Neymar's shirt off him. He was basically like, he stopped Neymar from playing and started chatting to him. And Neymar had to go back and listen, obviously, because he didn't hear really? him. And um, he was trying to get his shirt. And it's just like one of the most unprofessional things I've ever seen. So oh, that's what are you lovely. doing, Andre? Yeah, I mean, he was like, after, yeah, but afterwards he was like, oh, you know, my kid really wanted it. So I just had to, oh, that's just a bit tin pot, isn't it? That's not very, like... Uh, you know, yeah, slightly, but that's that's very French football. Yes, yes, quite. Yeah, it's very French football. There's a certain yeah. charm in it. Um, yeah. All those clubs, you know, in those small towns like Auxerre, yeah. uh, let, let, let yeah. me say, like typical provincial French club managed yeah. by you know the guys, yeah. the, the the president of the club, but he owns the car dealership around the corner too. And it's not, yeah. it's not Jaguar, you yeah. know, it's going to be like a Renault or like, you know, Ford, you know, dealership. <laughs> and that's that, uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's equivalent of the French redneck, you know, and yeah. Then, yeah, a little bit. And then the Angers, yeah, there's that charm. It's, it, there's a lack of professionalism for sure. It's not a franchise. They're not, they don't have a marketing director at Angers, no. you know, no. They just try to play football, and his son would like uh, Neymar's shirt, yeah. and he's gonna go <laughs> and ask the shirt to Neymar, and Neymar yeah. probably gave it to him, did he? He did. He did. There you go. Him, yeah. There you go. There yeah. you go. There you go. Anyway, then you can, yes. you know. Sorry, you can, I just talk. yeah, but then there's that, and then there's OL managed by a IT guy <laughs> who's a phenomenal, uh, you know, businessman and. Uh, they are uh, on the stock market and us, but then there's Angers. Yeah. Try to find that in England. You're gonna have to go. I don't even think the Premiership is like that. No, They're too professional. You're gonna have you to go, go like third division, fourth yeah, division. Yeah, go go down where I live, down in the lower leagues. There you and go. You find plenty of that stuff. Just not in the Premier League. Yeah, you wouldn't see like the Burnley manager being like. Oh, come over here, uh, you know, Salah, can I have your shirt? Certainly. But uh, yeah, that was, I just thought I'd better bring that up because it just amused me. I've been thinking about it ever since. Just, just it was really weird. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird, but cute. It's cute too. It's <laughs> um, so I, I want to talk about transfers, but maybe... Wait, I'm doing my, oh. I'm doing my um, drugstore propaganda. Oh, <laughs> right. Well, he doesn't want to go. Um, the, club try, the club tried to get rid of him because, you know, he's Draxler. I and love him so much. Like I, I don't know why, but just like I just love him so much. Ever since he came in, like from the start, I think I just fell in love with him when he scored uh, those goals on Barcelona on that first leg. Um, and I just knew he can be good, but he's just I don't know. I feel like he's always played out of position, and um, he could be better. Okay, for sure. But I was so devastated when I heard that the club wanted to get rid of him, and they tried so hard to do it, but. He's been, I think he's been really, really good these last few match days. And, you know, he's stepping big. And I really hope that he, like, earns a better role with the team. Uh, yeah, it's not looking too good uh, with um, Rafinha coming in. But um, I agree. He needs to play. I mean, most of those guys do. You know, it's very cutthroat. Like, coming from the bench and delivering which has saved the Shupo Moting. Like somehow, so, most of the time, Shupo would come from the bench and like deliver what the, the coach wanted him to do. 
Draxler, yeah, he's been played out of position, but because first he's been played in his position and he sucked. So he's a, he's a like, he's, you know, he's like a, a Ken doll. He's like good looking, super technical. Uh, really, I mean, like early on when he was like 18, 19, he was a, he was a UFO. Like, who is this guy? Incredible. Like, you know, nobody has seen a player like this as classy since, uh, I don't see any example um, as, a, as a German guy. I, I, I wanted to say Lidbarski, but slightly different type, but a little bit of Lidbarski in, in drag, so like classy, classy technical. It's rare to find a German player with that profile, isn't it? Like the, the technical, yes, classy, possibly classy technical. Ooh. Um, but I'm like you, I like, I, I like him and he brings, when he's 100% phys physically uh, fit and uh, decides to, you know, play football, he brings stuff to the team that nobody else can. He, um, he was very interesting. He's been great. He's been fantastic, yeah. He's, well, I wouldn't say fantastic, but he's delivered. <laughs> and Thank so you. he's delivered um, three games in a row. And Sorry, Guillaume, to interrupt. The thing oh, which I always find weird about him is... Uh, please. The thing which I think doesn't do him any favours is that Tuchel quite often last season was using him from the bench. And I just think he's not that guy who's going to come on and like do something like, you know, maverick and like change the game for you. He's more the guy who's sort of like quite steady and sort of decorates the game with some nice passes and stuff when he's walking break into the box and score a goal. But I don't think... He's not really the man to come on when you're sort of like two one down or whatever, and you need someone to have a real like big sort of impact or what have you, is he? So I don't think Tuchel. I'll defer to the the Draxler fan club over there if he disagrees, but um, I don't think he's the he's really an impact sub. I think he's much better. Is weirdly when he sort of even you know getting him in the in the starting lineup, and I think he can be more influential that way in a sort of, in a quieter sort of in a quieter way. So more of a rotation player than a bench player. Really. Well, yeah, just like just a guy who's like good for the rhythm of the team, and he's good. Obviously, like you, you, you guys have you know explained his qualities quite nicely. I just think you don't. He's not the man you want to turn to really in a crisis to do something really sort of explosive and really sort of you know shake a match up when it's sort of not going your way. When it's not going your way, yes, yeah. But yeah, few players are like that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah, I agree with that. I just think he should be more, like you said, uh, Matt, just more rotation-based, you know? Like, give him times where he's able to start a match and fully play a match. And then, you know, he's not going to sc be scoring a hat-trick every game, but he's going to be... That's not his job. Yeah. His job is to supply the attack, um, you know, field the game. He's a offensive midfielder. And he's good at this. Is there really a room for an offensive midfielder who's not, who can't really be a winger because he's not a winger. He's not a winger. Um, at Paris Saint-Germain, well, uh, so we'll talk about transfers. Rafina is coming in. Rafina can play as a relayer, uh, so like an eight. He can play as a 10, and he can play a little bit as a winger too. If you play for Barcelona, you have to learn how to play when you're attacking midfielder as, as a winger. It's going to be difficult for Draxler. It was already difficult for, for Draxler. Uh, it's going to 
you know, I'd be surprised if he makes it past the winter transfer season, to be honest. Um, <laughs> let's talk about our defense. So, well, Baker um, has been, we can't say solid defensively. The guy is no joke defensively. He's a physical, he, he can win duels. He's um, very offensive, uh, defensive minded. You can tell he's a pure defender. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up, um, you know, cameoing in central defense here and there. He's tough. Technically, ah, hey, he had an assist uh, for Mbappe against Angers, I think. Um, beautiful, beautiful cross. Um, so he's been a factor in the fact that our defense has been okay. Maybe actually more than okay. Another factor is that Marquinhos, um, he's a central defender before being a defensive midfielder. And he showed that, you know, he knows the, he knows the craft, he knows the, the job. And Presnel Kimpembe, guys. Holy mother of God. He's, he's up there and he stays there. The interventions here and there, like he had the tackle against Angers. Yeah. Also, they had like the, he didn't he do like the, that one header where he like. Oh, yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Also, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did it like against his own goal. But yeah, 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 yeah. Like in the box, that's my box. I'm stronger. Angrier, fitter, and better than you. Get out of the way. Ah, you know, um, that, that tackle reminded me the, the Ferdinand years at Manchester United when he was like, I'm not having any of this. Ah, like the, the shredder. Like the, the, the yeah, like the, 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 the superior factor in defense. Like, and, and when you have a guy like this, the whole team feels safer. Imagine your goalkeeper, like the, 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 the confidence. When, when Kimpembe plays like this, and he has, and he's surprising everybody, what a late bloomer this guy is. Kimpembe is close to world-class level in central defense. He is. Look yeah. at him. Look at him. And it's natural for him. He's there. That's what he's been willing to go his entire career is there now is a french international now gets used to see him in, in the french national team he's amazing and he's very complimentary with marquinhos Absolutely. problem is uh we don't have many central defenders i mean uh one of those two guys get injured so there's still room for more central defenders at Paris Saint-Germain, but here we go now. We can talk about the people coming in, the, the transfers. Danilo. Yeah. What? Finally. Yeah. Finally. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, no big deal, Guillaume. No big deal? <laughs> No, no, huge deal. 
to a certain extent, uh, because he went, he had a major injury. Um, he ruptured his Achilles, I think, tendon years ago. That's a big one. And in general, when you when you have that injury and then you heal, you come back and then you're gonna have like your whole body is like out of, and you're gonna have a lot of small injuries. And he, he did. But he's a Portugal, a Portuguese. Uh, oh my God, Portugal international is one of the starters in the Portuguese national team is, is like one of the few through the years. And um, there's a lot of competition there. I mean, when you think about Portugal and defensive midfield, central defense, those guys know how to defend. It's in the culture of that, of that uh, country. That's also. how they won the Euro. That's how they won the Euro. Um, you know, France does that, but Portugal can do it better sometimes. They are amazing defenders. And Danilo is one of those guys. And he's tall, a tall midfielder, <laughs> amazing in the air, amazing defensively. And oh my God, on free kicks, he shreds. So now we have Marquinhos and Danilo and possibly Kimpembe, who's got to progress a bit in the air on uh, offensive uh, um, you know, dead ball situations. He's a pure six. He's not versatile. He can play double pivot in a, in a 4-2-3-1, but he's the 4-3-3 guy. He's a pure six, a pure six. That's what he does. And he's got a great long passing, uh, great long passing ability. So when you have Neymar and Mbappe up front, and he's an option now. We did not have that guy. We have that guy. He's 29. At that, at that position, you, you know, he can, he can put in three, four years. And he can play central defense too, if needed. So to protect our central defense, especially in the Champions League, uh, when there's a really tough, you know, EPL style midfield, like Manchester United, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, you put Danilo in. You, you, you know that's going to be another asset for Tuchel to play with. It's fantastic. Um, so Danilo, Moise Keane, and Rafina. Um, before we, I talk because I'm doing all the talking as usual. Um, Matt, your <laughs> your your two cents on Danilo. Do, do you know Do you know him enough? I mean, you probably. Uh. Well, you you say that, but uh, I don't have that much room in my brain for. I have room in my brain for basically Liga and English football, and beyond that, it just gets filled with other stuff. Like you know how it is when you've got children, like lyrics to stupid songs, or remembering who's who's lunchbox is who's just things like that. I don't have time to watch the Portuguese league. However, I've read um, I've read a lot about uh, Danilo uh, subsequent to us signing. It seems like a good signing. It seems like the kind of guy we need. I think the only, my only sort of worry would be, like you said, Guillaume, about the injuries. And it's such that's such a big injury that it takes a bit out of you. And I, I don't know whether he's quite the force that he used to be. But having said that, like, it's the player we need. And I think that he's going to hopefully add a different dimension to our midfield. I think the one which sort of, worries me just sort of moving on a bit is the Rafinha signing because it just seems a bit pointless so I don't really see what he's going to bring to us like 
he is so. a player who I've seen and I just don't think he's very good, basically. I mean, uh, like I said, I'll defer to you guys if you uh, if you think he's decent, but it just seems a bit pointless and it seems like blocking the squad space, he's probably going to be like, you know, fourth or fifth choice midfielder. Well, why can't one of the young players be the fourth or fifth choice midfielder? Because, you know, they're not all going to get in the team at once. Like, it just yeah. seems, that seems a yeah, bit of an unnecessary one. Seems a bit unnecessary and a bit of an underwhelming sort of signing, really. But uh, Danilo, yeah, I'm quite, I'm sort of cautiously optimistic that's going to be a good one, and uh, we might have the sort of the proper heir to heir to Thiago Motta that we've been been looking for for a while, sort of thing. Well, not really, because Thiago Motta wasn't a pure six. Well, he wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't. It was a, you know, um, you need uh, either incredible mobility. Or to shred physically, and well, Danilo is a shredder. Yeah, I think he's. I mean, again, my uh, my my um, viewing of him has very much been limited to what I could find on YouTube. But certainly, he seems to have quite a good passing range as well. So hopefully, he can bring a bit, bring a bit there as well. But physically, you will see on duels. I mean, with Kim Pembe behind him, oh, oh. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I know, I, I know him. I've seen him play with Porto. Um, I knew years ago he was, you know, Paris tried to get him, um, tried to get him years ago. Um, yeah, and his release clause was enormous, wasn't it? It was like 70 million euros or something. Of course, of course. He's the Porto yeah. captain. He's yeah. a Portuguese international. He's a very, very effective effective six at an international level and Porto is a big club I mean you know they 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 yeah they won the Champions League uh, not that long ago so uh, again so yeah um and finally they get him and it's a bit worrying the the, the injuries but it's a lot here and apparently the Porto fans on Reddit were like you know, the past two years, you could tell he wanted to go. He wanted a new ch challenge. Well, the challenge is also a decision with your body. It's like, my body has been injured. But, I, you know, I don't really want, I didn't really want to play for Porto anymore. I need a new challenge. Here it is in a huge club. I mean, huge team. Um, okay. When you set your mind on this and, um, you know, he's, he's going to get a, Four, he got a four years contract, I think, or five. A big salary, one of the top clubs in, in uh, world football with mega stars. You know he's a, prof he's a great professional. He's going to do everything he can to get there physically. And uh, the photo fans on Reddit were like, when he's 100% physic you know, fit physically, he's a monster. He's a beast, a beast on the field. We're talking about Ndombele, uh, you know, shredding your midfield, like like taking over, like okay, forget it. And when you have that player, and again, I'm, I'm repeating myself. Behind you have you have uh, Kim Pembe, who can come out and boom, boom. <sighs> Good luck. And the options now you have Gay around him in a four-two-three-one. So. Boom, Danilo. Boom, Kimpembe. Gay is there to get the ball back, go box to box. I mean, it's hard to say it's going to be a game changer, but I see game mechanisms now that are possible for this team 
basically to get the ball faster in a camp, you know, in an offensive uh, transition to Mbappe and Neymar. Well, we know what that does. That fraction of a second more we get to Mbappe and Neymar is what in the modern game you need to, to take over, to destabilize, debalance, unbalance the team, your opponent. Well, we have that. Um, let's talk about Rafina. Wow, okay. I don't know much about him. Um, Kose, you know anything about <laughs> Rafina? I mean, I know okay. he's, you know, he's versatile. Yeah. Um, definitely very versatile. I've, I saw him play at Celta. Um, yeah. On loan from Barca. Yeah, he... Okay, he had a so, good season, apparently, right? Yeah, I was going to say, um, he is definitely not the Alcantara that I thought we were going to have. <laughs> no, not the good one. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I think, I mean, I, okay, I've been actually very happy with all of the signings that we've made. Um, yeah. Also, I just draw back a little bit on the, the, the theme of defense that we were talking about. Um, if you guys have ever heard talk like me talk about my preferred style of football, it is just the fortress team. You know, everybody hide in the back and we'll hit you on the counter. It's not really what PSG play for, but that's what I like to see teams play. Um, and so it's really, ha I'm really happy to see somebody like Danilo come in the team because it's some, you need really somebody like him if you want to try and play that. Um, and I've always felt like our midfield was. Um, a little liquid sometimes. So to have somebody like him to really come in and steady the ship, um, you know, our defensive players really haven't been as much as a monster as he is. Um, and as you said, so hopefully, I know he was like a really long time fighting with William Carvalho for that starting yeah. spot in Portugal. Um, and we wanted him too. So hopefully he'll be the person that we need. And that's why I said I'm happy with, with the signings. Um, I agree with Matt in terms of like, Rafinha is probably the least, like, make it doesn't really make that sense to bring him in here. But um, I do think that he's a very versatile player. Um, like you said, he can play eight, he can play um, seven, he can play 11, he Ten. can, yeah, exactly, 10. He can yeah. do uh, a lot of things. I think he's technically good and really quick, um, but I think he has had just a lot of. Um, you know, his career is just very inconsistent. I think his best season was the 2016 season with Barca when they, um, like, right after they won the Champions League. And then he had a good season with Celta um, last season. I think it was four goals and six assists or something like that. Mm. Um, so he's, he's, a decent, he's a decent player, I think. He's got to be. I mean, he's a Barca player. He cannot be a Barca player, even on the bench, even the third option if you're not a decent player. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I think he's um, he's definitely bringing something. We were talking about Draxler earlier. He's definitely bringing something a lot, a lot different. You know, he's a lot smaller, lower center of gravity, moves quicker, um, likes to combine a lot more. But um, I am actually excited to see what like is like is he even in Tuchel's plans? Like, how is he gonna deploy him? I think those are the questions that are really in my mind right now because he's a good player. And I'm glad to see him, you know, come in the team. But, like, where is he, where is he really going to play? Is he, is he, like, the Icardi replacement? No. I don't know. Can, I was going to say, I don't know if he can play a nine, a pure nine. No, 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 he can't. No, he, he's a Lucas 
a little bit. You know, a little bit of a Lucas. He looks like him too, a little bit. Um, I, it's a mystery, but what do we know? They got him for 3 million euros. I think he bought his last year at Barca back to be a free agent. Paris paid 3 million signing a bonus. That's it. He's a Brazilian international, uh, not, not, not a lot, but a few caps, I think. He's 27. He comes from Barca, and they got him for 3 million. If, if he's uh, able to deliver a little bit at Paris Saint-Germain, the club is going to be like, okay, we can sell this guy probably for 8, 9, 10, 12, 15, 20 million at the end of next season. Or he's amazing um, and, you know, he explodes because he has potential. Against, uh, again, I went on Reddit and, you know, good source of information when you don't know a player, you ask the, you ask the fans. He was liked at Barcelona. There's, there's some fans who were like, yeah, he's so inconsistent. Some fans, um, you know, a bit like Draxler at Paris Saint-Germain. Some have seen the potential. So he has potential. He's got, he's technical, he's fast. It's a weird signing. It's bad news for Draxler. Um, we have now three attacking midfielders um, who have a somewhat similar role and, and have somewhat similar qualities. Neymar is, is a fourth, but you know, Neymar is Neymar. Is, is, you know. We have a bench. And, um, you know, they got in for a song. They're like, sure, why not? That's another guy in the rotation. You never know. You never know how a season, especially at Paris Saint-Germain. <laughs> you yeah. never know. So more players, uh, no huge salary. I don't know what Danilo's salary is. I'm sure it's solid, but it's not going to be uh, Cavani, uh, Silva level. It's going to be you know, six, seven million euros max, um, which you know, uh, is good news for the club. Um, third signing. Interesting. On loan. So Rafina is, uh, I think he got four years. Danilo is a loan, loan with option to buy. I was wrong. Um, I was wrong, yeah. No, I for, ah, now I'm confused. Is Danilo, uh, uh, Danilo is a loan with not option to buy, with um, he will be bought next year. Yeah, that's not, it's the sort of obligation. Obligation. Yeah, they did the same deal they did for Mbappe where they pay a little bit up front and then they can shift all the other money onto yes. next year's accounts, which is obviously quite sensible in our situation. Here we go. So that's a, that's a new one, kind of new, new contract. Obligation to buy four years contract. His salary probably is very hefty. It's un, un, undisclosed, but we're talking probably like eight, nine, ten. Um, not Rafina. And Moise Keane, interesting signing. Very so that's that's alone one year. From uh, I was excited with this. what? I was so excited with this one. It's very smart. He's going to be. He's, he's nineteen years old, or twenty years old. Uh, ultra dynamic, pure nine, but the the modern nine. I'm sorry, not the pure striker like Icardi. Um. Moise Keane is those young kids now. They're so dynamic, so mobile. They can be played on, on a wing. 
if needed. They can be played off-center. They'll adapt because they, they're so mobile. He can do that. But he's a pure nine. He's a striker. Um, he goes for it, man. Like, you know, it's not, oh, I'm going to, no, no. He goes for it. Super physical, super fast, fearless. They're going to love him. Yeah. Neymar and Mbappé, you know, it's going to be like the, the little mascot. They're going to love him and he's going to love them. Imagine, imagine for him, like, hey, you're going to play for, you know, at least a year on loan with Neymar and Mbappé. You come from the bench, sure. For Paris Saint-Germain, all right. Great signing. And different style from Icardi. Well, you know, it's like great. Now, some more options for Tuchel. Who was, as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm surprised, Matt, you, you, never, you haven't mentioned that again uh, yet. The, <laughs> the bad blood between Tuchel and Leonardo. Oh, yeah. The other, the other, of, the yeah. other amusing thing from the, uh, from the Ange game. Ne uh, Neymar. Mind to develop on that. That's those comments, yeah. The, the gossips, it's a bit your specialty, isn't it? So I've got <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I know my place. Bring in the gossip. Uh, 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 uh. We can, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Oh, I was gonna bring no, 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 no. Go, go for it. Like, like yeah, yeah. For, for the listeners who don't know what we're talking about. Uh, so yeah. So basically, um, Tuchel had based, had been moaning about the transfer business, saying he wasn't happy with it. And after the uh, entree game, the reporters asked Leonardo about it, and he was just like, "Yeah, well, if he doesn't like it, he can leave." <laughs> Which was a bit like, "All right." <laughs> You found your hat, Leonardo. Uh, but I feel like this situation, I feel like probably as far as Leonardo is concerned, getting to the Champions League final was the worst thing that could have happened because it's very difficult to dispose of your coach uh, directly after that, isn't it? And also with the whole COVID situation compressing the season, it would have been quite hard. But it feels like the relationship there is broken and will eventually uh, lead to some kind of rupture because I don't really, they've not really been on the same page all along, have they? Um, but yeah, anyway, that was a little digression, which was uh, got us off the topic of Moise Keane, which I think, um, yeah, I would just agree with you. I think it's a really good signing. It's a complete no-brainer as far as I'm concerned. It's a chance to get, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, Calimwendo. How do you say that one, Guillaume? Calimwendo, yeah. Calimwendo. Um, well, he's out. He's, uh, yeah, he's gone. Yeah. Yeah, he's exactly. Going. So the idea that we can get him playing regularly and have someone else's player who's actually really good sitting on the bench and being a backup or an alternative to Icardi seems to make perfect sense as far as I'm concerned. So yeah, all for that one. Um, and so Tuchel moaning about the lack of transfers and then yeah, two and a half hours later, Danilo, yeah. Mozekin and Rafina sang in. Oops. Yeah. I should have yeah, kept my I, mouth I, shut. If you, yeah, if you saw Twitter, but Mark was going on Tuchel. He was like, yeah, Leonardo, Leonardo's the boss. Like, he's just showing Tuchel where he needs to be standing. Like, he's the leader of this club. I think he's... I mean, yeah, but we know, I mean, Tuchel is a brand now. He's, um, he's got that status i mean he's not club level um whatever the name of oh my god bayern's coach i forgot you know passed him flick. by thank you flick by by winning the champions league and and by the level 
at which he brought his, his team, the, the level of play of Bayern Munich is just uh, unbelievable, unbelievable, unbelievable level of play. Again, guys, what Paris did against Bayern, considering everything that, that, that happened physically, the four months break, the defensive game we had against Bayern Munich that destroyed teams 8-1, 7-1, 6-1, 5-1, 8-1, 6-1, Unbelievable performance by Paris Saint-Germain that night. Uh, we yeah, lost. It was really Un unbelievable. So uh, back, back to Tuchel. He's a brand. It, everybody knows Tuchel. He's, and he's ambitious. And he knows food. I love, I love this guy. I love this guy. I love Tuchel. I love him. I love him. And he's passionate. Those new German coaches being so, you know, Latino in their, in their emotions. Like, ah! You know, Tuchel wants more power and control at Paris Saint-Germain, and he wants to be um, more involved in the transfer, um, you know, and that's not how the club has been set up by, by its president and, its, and the nomination of Leonardo as, as director of football. So there's a conflict there by nature. And, uh, you know, Le Leonardo's answer to that was hilarious. Like, uh, yeah, he can leave and then boom, 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 three transfers. <laughs> and three excellent signings. Four. Uh, you wanted to talk, Kose, uh, about Fiorenzi. You're excited about him. Uh, defensively, oh. Yeah, but I mean, well, attack, yeah. I was going to say, I had him for a year at Valencia. Um, so I already know what it is to follow this player. Um, yeah, but that's 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 La Liga. That's not League One or the Champions League, where you have monsters like physical monsters yes, on, on wings. You know, I agree. I agree, and I do think he is very, very. In well, in Spanish we say flojito, which is like meh. Um, defensively, yeah, he's not that great. But I feel like you know, finally we have a. a you can cross. Yeah, <laughs> and cross for sure. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think he's quick and pass. The passing, his passing game is very decent. Yeah, I like, I like him. I like him. I thought I was, I always thought he was amazing at Roma. I was super excited when we got him at Valencia. Then he didn't really settle in ever. But Valencia is just, I'm not even gonna talk about it right now. But uh, we don't have to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it's just, a, it's just a completely different situation to come to PSG, who's actually a club that knows how to run run its team so um the fact that i am i think he now is finally gonna have some you know he's gonna have some time obviously and he is a good player and i think he i i mean i think we should be excited by him yeah there's some good i mean and he fit it seems to have fit right in like it, you know he hit hit the ground running which is wonderful um but defensively but there's other options um, you know, there's well, he's injured right now, but you know when Kara is back, Kara is a very different right back than than Torrenzi is. Uh, he's got that, you know. So it it looks like Tuchel is in love with the system of four at the back, but one of the fullbacks stays and covers like almost like a sweeper in defensive uh, transitions. Um, not trying, well, whatever. I'm saying stupid things, um, and then the other one goes up. And he doesn't have to be a right back or left back. It doesn't matter as long as one left back 
um, is, def is defensively minded and the right back is offensively minded or vice versa. That's what matters. And he's yeah. got those options now. In theory, Kurosawa is the more offensive minded left back. Uh, Baker, the defensive minded. Carrot, well, yeah. Because I, I was just offensive in general, if you ask me. He's the only left back in the history of the Champions League to score a hat trick. That's true, yeah. That's true. You've got to give him that, yeah. Certainly, certainly PSG have had a few uh, flecky toe uh, uh, fullbacks down the years, and uh, he, would, he would be one of them as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and there's a middle ground with Diallo, who uh, has been struggling coming back from his bad injury. That's been a really uh, tough one for him. But I remember Diallo as a left back being very interesting, both in defense and in attack. Um, wow. Uh, we have a we have a team, we have a bench, we have more options than ever. Uh, we could get another central defender. What, what, do you, what, what, what your, your take on the transfer window in terms of like, you look at the group, you look at the, the first team, you look at the bench, how comfortable you, you feel, Matt, how, how comfortable you feel with this? Uh, reasonably comfortable. Um, I think a lot will depend on whether Danilo is um, proves to be a player who is going to, you know, be, become a must pick. Because my worry with the midfield is that there's a lot of players who are sort of who are all right but aren't sort of nailing down their place. Like apart from Verratti, the others all have sort of question marks over them. So I think if Danilo can make his mark, uh, and maybe Rafinha as well, who knows? Um, I think that generally. I, it could be a good window for us, and I think Florenzi's been a good addition. Uh, and yeah, um, so I'm sort of I'm cautiously optimistic, but I'm also at the same time you're aware of uh, they could possibly go wrong as well. I don't know. I think if the two midfielders, if Danilo sort of ends up picking up a few injuries or can't settle in, and if Rafinha can't sort of can't sort of you know uh, move up the pecking order, then we'll probably look back in the window and think, oh, we've signed a couple of kind of aging midfielders. You know, I know they're not that old, but, you know, no. sort of mature mature players who haven't really improved our team and who have uh, sort of just added to the sort of general general depth. So I think that's the thing. I think I'm, I think I'm cautiously optimistic, but I think a lot will depend on how those guys settle in and whether they can really nail down a place in the team or whether they're just going to go in that sort of under Herrera zone where they look quite good, but you wouldn't, say that they're 100% a, you know, a starter all the time sort of thing. So, so yeah, I'm kind of, I'm a bit on the fence at the moment. Kuthi? Um, I mean, I agree most of what uh, Matthew said. I, I mean, I love the group that we have now. I think it's a very solid group. Um, ever since day one and to this day, I still, you know, question, if I may, um, Tuchel's rotating. You know his rotation. I don't. I don't really. I don't really like how he does it. Um, I am disappointing in a few of the exits that didn't happen. So we've talked about a lot of, um, you know, people that we bring in. But I just wanted to. Like, I just wanted to say out. You know. Nobody wants wanted, him. Nobody wants him. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted. I just want. Just give him away. I mean, I don't. Yeah. Why? Like, why do you have to bring in Letelier? 
at the third yeah. keeper because we don't have one. Yeah, no, there's yeah. something weird there. Yeah. You know, Bulka, Bulka, he can go. You know, like he doesn't have to stay. So that's that, for me. That's the that's the problem about this squad is that it has a lot a lot of fringe players. Um, yeah. And I don't like. I mean, that makes up for a nice group, and you know, but it just also makes up for that the the, the coach. And this might be my opinion, but I just feel like the coach that we have right now is not a good rotator. If that is a thing, he doesn't he doesn't rotate the, the team correctly, in my opinion. Mm. Um, and so and so for me, having these many fringe players, you know, can create. When when is when is Letelier gonna play? You know what I'm saying? When is it, it, like it, I, I'm afraid it's gonna it's going to boil um, into other things in the dressing room because you know Kai's Reese. He should be starting every game before many other players who are giving chances before him. It's interesting, um, isn't it? He's I when he when Tuchel took him off at Lens, mm. I wanted to throw something at mm. my TV because mm. I was like, he's the only player that's making something yeah. happen right now. Mm. And of course, we didn't have anybody else, but those are exactly the type of players that we should be putting in the field right now. Yeah, bringing a seventh keeper and a I don't know a fourth attacking midfielder so that is my i think that yeah the, i completely agree yeah the incorporations have been fantastic i think but i just feel like the squad has a lot of cutting to do okay i think it's completely valid what you're saying nothing's all black or nothing's all white you you know it cannot be like this and not like that it's a bit of both so i'm you're like this i'm gonna be like that Verratti, Sarabia, Draxler, Gay, Danilo, Rafina. Uh, who am I forgetting in midfield? Oh, Herrera. Paredes. 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 Can you see? Nine. Nine midfielders. <laughs> I repeat, we have nine midfielders. Name one of them who suck. None of them. Maybe Rafina is going to suck. None of those guys suck. Remember where we're coming from. Remember the sucky guys we had. We tried that guy, he sucked. We tried that, that guy, he sucked. And that guy sucked. And that guy uh, came with you know, a lot of hopes and he got injured all season. That was Herrera last season. Look at what era is, is becoming again. We have so much depth in midfield. So much depth in, in midfield. Now there's huge competition. We never had that. So we have a competition. We have, it's, a, it's, a, it's a basket of crabs in midfield. You want to play there, you're going to have to show me. So I'm too hell. I'm too hell. You're going to have to show me in training you deserve to fucking start that game. You go. That is the cutthroat situation of many clubs, and, no, and especially in the EPL. It's been like this in, the, in Serie A for, since day one. Ready to kill to play. We never, playing for Paris has always been extremely comfortable. And it, it is extremely comfortable for the forwards, for Neymar and Mbappé, the two megastars of Paris Saint-Germain. I've heard 
oh my God, some other podcasts, more famous than our podcast. And they complain, what is share style of play? Yeah, 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 blah, blah. We want to see me. We have Neymar and Mbappé. Do you need a style of play for Neymar and Mbappé? You don't. You let them breathe. You give them the ball. And, well, we'll develop mechanisms in midfield. Now we have nine players to do so. And I think you're going to see Chihel rotate a little bit more now. See that with this. And now you're going to hear us complain about he's rotating too much. Well, maybe he will. He's going to try things. What is, and now he's got so many freaking options. Our weakness has been the midfield for years and years and years and years and years and years. It's not going to be a weakness anymore. We have nine players in midfield. We have all the profiles you want. We don't have a pure box-to-box. Maybe, maybe one of those guys is going to be, maybe Gay is going to say, hey, you wanted a pure six. I cannot be a pure six. We have a pure six. You want to see what I can do in box-to-box? Gay is a fantastic box-to-box. He's got that mobility and that agility, uh, you know, to, to do it. Ah, yes. Um, so nothing's all black, nothing's all white. Yes. Um, it's going to be up to, to Hell and, and Leonardo to see how to manage that group. We've never had that much depth. We still need the central defender unless Diallo. It's a little short in defense, I think. But my yeah. God, what a group, guys. What a group. Yeah, it's, oh. certainly very, it's certainly strong in terms of depth. Like, I just wonder if we could do with having one or two less and having one, who, you know, and combining their, the expense of them, the wages and the fee into one better one. But I guess... It's a little bit the function of the market we're working in where PSG hasn't got that much money to play with and blah, blah, as well. So maybe this is the best situation. I think you're right about central defence. I think that's probably the only concern is that if, Mar- if Marquinhos or Kimpembe get injured, we're in, you know, you haven't got a... You, you might be a bit worried about bringing Diallo or Carrera in that you're not going to get the same, same level, are you? But, um, yeah, I guess that's something to work on, but you, you know... You can't have everything, can you? So, uh, so fingers you crossed. Have, you can't have everything. Season. Yeah. You can't have everything. Guys, my, uh, I didn't bring my charger and my battery is running out. So it's going to cut <laughs> anytime soon. You're, you're going to get dropped <laughs> into a bucket of crabs. Like yes. The the, builders and, uh, uh, and it's been well over an hour. Uh, well, that was, that was cool. Good to uh, host again. Sorry to, you know. You get a, it's a basket of crab here at uh, PSG Talk. Uh, when, you know, if you want to talk, you got to fight for it. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. The key, home, the key home presenting style is, is certainly like a basket of crabs. Yeah. That's a good one. I am so sorry. Not really, but I'm so sorry. Okay. Uh, you wasted a perfectly fine hour and 15 minutes listening to PSG Talking. We thank you for it. It's always a pleasure. It's going to be a fantastic season. Game after game after game after game coming up. Champions League. We didn't talk about the Champions League. I'm sorry, my battery is at 4%. Manchester United, uh, Leipzig, and the unpronounceable new, well, not that new, Turkish club from Istanbul. As you know, Istanbul had the fourth club, uh, Basha Keshir. We'll have to cover that at the, last, at the next um, podcast. Not bad of a, of a draw, I think. Interesting. We should come out first. Yeah. We should be all right. Yeah. Okay, three percent. Time to stop. Thank you, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. <laughs>